Hey there, I'm Stan Baker, one of your hosts for the podcast Circle Forum, along with Shelley Steele and Steve Young. And this week we're going to be talking about school safety and the impact that restorative leadership has on school safety and how building relationships can actually impact safety at your workplace or school. Safety is on everyone's mind recently, and there are little things that restorative leaders can do to build safety at school. What's interesting to me is that while it is a big issue and a big concern, there are things that can be done on a day-to-day basis to really improve safety at school, and it comes down to connections that you make with students and with other adults. This is important for restorative leaders because without these kinds of connections, you might miss bits of information that are related to threats or other safety concerns. So if you've ever had concerns about safety in your workplace, and frankly, who hasn't, then this podcast is for you. In this podcast, you'll hear a story about a student whose hobby was collecting knives. Not a good situation and how it impacted safety and what we did about it. You'll hear a story about how a principal took conversations that teachers were naturally having after school and moving it outside of the office the office staff could keep working. And thirdly, you'll hear a story about how one school as part of a restorative community, really built connections with just a casual question once a week after school that people could come and everybody started coming. At the end of this episode, be sure to head over to our website, www.restorative.ca, check out our free resources, subscribe to our podcast, check out our website, www.circleforum.ca, and let's head over to the conversation with Steve Shelley and me, Stan. So school safety is on everyone's mind, certainly with a lot of the things that have been happening in schools with threats and also school shootings, particularly in the States. And so we want to spend a bit of time talking about the connection between school safety, restorative leadership, and relationship building. So let's get our conversation kicked off with how much difference does it make to have strong relationships between students and staff? Holy cow, it's all about relationships, Dan. That's where it starts. The relate strong relationships between students and staff and staff that matter, but students and staff over time will build a community of caring, a community a culture in the school of a willingness to talk about issues, approach adults if there's an issue, knowing that there won't be severe repercussions, all those kind of things that after many years. When you talk about safety and possibly violence, those things drop considerably because as the students build better relationships with each other, there's less incidents of bullying and kids picking on other kids or harming kids. There's also, and I've noticed this, and we've talked about this, that as kids get more adept at using restorative questioning and restorative practices, and it can build some empathy with other kids, when something does happen that somebody maybe gets hurt, whether accidentally or whatever, they tend to look after those things themselves a lot more rather than calling over an adult saying, Hey, so-and-so got run over in a football game. They're picking the kid up and they're asking the questions, what happened? And they're trying to solve it. It's all about relationships. And I think it really starts with the adults working with kids to start to build those relationships. And I think we need to remember that when we use the word relationships, it can also there's rapport and then there's relationships. So it's, you're just building rapport with the students and them knowing that you are a person that they can share information with, or you're a person that can do something about it. 
that they start to understand your role in the school and they feel safe about coming to you doesn't mean you have to have a long-term ongoing relationship for a student to report. It's just that they know that you're somebody who's somebody that will hear what they have to say and will do something with that information. So it's I think trust. people get bogged, trust, right? They get bogged down in, I need to have a relationship with students. You're not going to have relationships with 600 students. You can have rapport with many of them. Sometimes I think that becomes a weight for people. I can't possibly have relationships with all these students. No, you can't. But you can be a, a person that they see that have a connection with. So how do you get a student to trust you as an adult? Probably one of the simplest things is being present. And that, that sounds kind of cliche, whether that's about parenting or whether that's fear. But just being around the students, around the kids and uh in formal ways, but also in informal ways, just having a wander around and connecting with some chit chat, not always on business. So I think that you hit on something there. You said informal and informal. So did I say informal? <laughs> not formally. <laughs> Sorry. Not formal. No. And I think just being there and being present and we talk about the casual kind of conversations, those are the things I think that really build trust initially as well. Between adults and students, trust is earned between teachers and students or adults in the school and students over time. And it's earned by what you do with the information they tell you. It's always been interesting for me in my role as a youth counselor is that pretty clear up front what my conditions are around confidentiality. Not pretty clear. I'm very clear. But so they know when they share certain things, they know how I walk. They know how I'm going to move through things. And when I've had to make calls to children's aid or have to call their parents out of concerns for them, they may be uncomfortable, but they knew that they're clear. I'm doing what I said I was going to do. And they still come back and talk to me. It's not that I broke a trust. Because they knew where that's the way things were going to happen. And I followed through on what I would say with support, of course, not just I'm making the call. Good luck with that. But uh, people often fear that if I share what they've told me, they're not going to want to talk to me anymore, which has not been the case with me. If you've been up front and they understand your role as an adult is to protect. Yeah, right. And some of those times when those, they've come to you with those conversations, we always work with our staff around children's aid and any disclosures that come that if a child comes to you and says, look, I want to tell you what my mother did or my father did this weekend, but she can't tell anybody your first response is I can't make that promise. If it's, if your safety is in danger, I may have to tell somebody now, do you still want to tell me what happened? But you have to, you learn those things as you go when you're working with children. But I'm just talking about the casual things. A kid tells you, oh, I really like stamp collecting. And yeah. A lot of people think that's a nerdy thing to do. And then you bring it up in a conversation with the whole class. Does anybody else have any hobbies? Like Johnny over there says he likes stamp collecting. And Johnny's over there going, God, why did he say that? I don't want anybody to know I did that. So those are the kind of things that we sometimes let slip because we're not thinking about, he told me that in confidence. Yeah. And you think, well, that's not a big deal. It's a big deal to him. So we really have to be careful. But when you don't do that, you can say, hey, does anybody else have any hobbies they like? I like is anybody, and if Johnny puts his hand and says, I like stamp collecting, great. He's divulged that, mm -hmm. not me. But if Johnny sits there and doesn't say anything, pretty obvious he doesn't want people to know that. So we learn those as we go as adults. Like if, and kids soon learn that 
I can talk with that person and they, I can trust them. And I always tell people, you have to earn trust. You can't demand trust just because you're the teacher doesn't mean kids are going to tell you stuff. And that's pretty obvious. So I think most adults, but not all. I, it's interesting <laughs> you were talking about the collections and hobbies. And it turns out one student that we were having some questions about in terms of how safe things were, his hobby turned out to be collecting knives. And his parents also gave him knives regularly for birthdays and stuff like that. And so that kind of increased our level of concern around this individual following through on some of them because he was not having a great time. And I think it was grade six or seven and making some verbal threats and that kind of thing. And so we thought, well, he has a means now as well. And he was very upfront about that. He had that on his, his social media pages and that kind of thing. So we wouldn't have found that out had he not, had we not had a process in place to just dig a little bit deeper. And it strikes me too, that just getting back to trust, that one of the things that builds trust is listening without blame or judgment and not saying, oh, you shouldn't collect you shouldn't collect knives. That's really bad to just receive it and oh, tell me more about it or what kind of knives have you got and do something with that information away from the conversation, but simply listening without blame as opposed to, oh my goodness, you're collecting knives. You just shut it down when you do. Yeah. You just shut it down right there. Staff to staff relationships. How can that really improve safety in a school? When staff when they communicate with each other over issues, and they'll talk about lots of stuff. And some staff are closer friends than others, and some never talk to each other. Depends on the size of the school and how long they've been there and so on. But if there's a real true safety issue, we have to somehow get staff to feel comfortable to approach other staff members to say, I've noticed this, look, we need to talk about it. And some staff are not comfortable with that at all. It's a little bit of information. That if we don't have a connection or a relationship with our school administrator or with other adults in our building, we'll just keep it to ourselves, right? As opposed to somebody who might be able to connect some of those dots of information. Mm -hmm. And this might be the dot that finally completes the, all the dots that need to be completed for a picture of, hey, we've got a safety concern here that we need to address as a school. So really, we're back to talking about community because as you're describing that, I'm just thinking of a community that we might live in, right? People carry the bits and pieces of information, but don't want to step on somebody else's toes or don't want to say something negative about that person. But there is a who in your community might be the holder of these other dots or these other pieces of information that you could share with. And I think, yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, the, the stronger the relationships about the weather and about staff collections and about how you spent your weekend, the stronger the connections about those things, the more likely you are to hear about something which could lead to a safety concern. And it, it really starts with that positive relationship, that rapport, that trust. So in terms of practical suggestions for leaders in schools, we're talking superintendents, we're talking principals, we're talking teachers, we're, really we're talking any adult in school. What are some practical things that restorative leadership can bring to safety in schools. You definitely, as a leader to school, you've got to sometimes create the initial conversation, find the time to and create those conversations. And maybe you start off in a very structured, formal way of we're going to have 
X amount of time at our next staff meeting. And as a leader, you may have to initially structure that or orchestrate that. I would go a step further back from what Steve was talking about and create those opportunities to have conversations about things other than safety. That, that would be a building block. And so that maybe this is the same sort of things we talk about kids, how to connect them at the beginning of every staff meeting or PA day or whatever it is. That has to be of some interest, and I, but there's ways to do that. And you use your restorative skills as a restorative leader to create that opportunity to have conversations for people to get to know each other that may not cross paths at all during the school day. You had a friend who did some intentional things about building connections with the other staff. Yeah, he was in a school where the teachers, it was a tough school, the teachers at the end of the day, the kids are finally gone. And a lot of the teachers would come into the office to check their mailbox and whatnot, and ended up just being in the office talking amongst themselves. And the office staff, although they appreciated the conversation, would go to the, went to the principal and said, it's nice that their day is done, but our day isn't done and we can't get our work done. We're on the phone. We're trying to talk to parents. We're trying to find kids who missed their bus. All these things would keep on going. And with a half a dozen teachers in the office carrying on about their day, it's not possible. So he intentionally thought, got to get them out of the office, but I don't want to be so rude as to say, you can't come into the office or lock the office door. So he basically stood outside the office door and started having conversations with these people as they showed up. And then others would show arrive and they would start the conversation. He, in effect, moved the conversation out into the foyer from the office by being the person that initiated the conversation every day. And then after a while, these hallway conversations, these end of the day casual meetings, if you will, became something that people wanted to attend. And other people would come down and say, oh, you're having, has the meeting started without me? And little comments like that. And it was just casual. How was, how did your day go? How did you handle this? And they would talk about the things that weren't related to school, like hockey, game, hockey games and who's playing tonight and the Leafs are playing. And, and so really his intention was to clear the office so the office staff could finish the day. The unintended consequence was staff are now having casual conversations and getting to know each other and really feeling that this was a good way to end their day on a positive note, as opposed to sitting in their own classroom, trying to plan for the rest of the day, going home, still stewing about what that kid said to them in period seven or whatever. It was almost a, a way to get it out. You should hear what the kid said to me in period seven. They tell all their friends and then it's done and over with then go home and sleep at night. And, but the point is for the principal to give up that amount of time at the end of the day, it has to be intentional because principals are busy too at the end of the day. Their day is not done either. And there's the odd day where obviously he couldn't be there dealing with an issue with a parent or whatnot, but he would intentionally plan that time and start those conversations because he realized this is having huge benefits to the staff, not just the secretaries in the office. Connecting a staff can sometimes be tricky, but my experience when schools have done whole school approaches is that they make that part of, it's not just for the students, it's for the staff as well. And I had a school, more than one, that were when they were doing whole school approach restorative practices, that they'd pick a day of the week. It might have been Friday, it wouldn't be every night. And at whatever made sense from when the kids got on the bus, they meet in the front foyer or wherever there was space big enough and whoever was available could join. And they would ask a very light question just for the group to, to answer. And that might cause some laughter, might cause some thinking for the next day, whatever it was, it was just a point to 
connect, probably a five minute meeting. But again, a lot of these people moved through their days and didn't lay eyes on other staff members. So it gave all those same things. I can see that Shelly's doing really well right now or not doing well. That was a great question. I now I know this person likes dogs like I do. All those same things that we got for students, they were able to do in a very short time. And again, whoever was available joined and that group started to grow. It could have been two people or three people, but as they saw the laughter and the connection, more people would just pop down to join in. It makes me think about my teaching and what I've come to learn is the need to find a best friend at work. And sometimes that best friend is someone you can find in the staff room, but often you can just find them in their classroom or, um, you know, somewhere casually, but those kinds of conversations, whether it be a Friday afternoon, just sitting around having a cup of coffee before everybody takes off for the weekend or just walking across the hall to your grade like teacher and just kind of dropping in and even just asking somebody else, how's it going to hear somebody else's story and get a chance to talk about how your day was, I think was really important to me as a teacher. And it was a way of building those kinds of connections and relationships. It appears to me, at least, that there are many small things that restorative leaders can do to improve safety in the workplace. Getting to know your staff about things that aren't work-related. Getting to know your students about things that aren't school-related. And those kinds of connections will serve you really well if anyone gets bits of information about threats or concerns about safety. If you want to find out more about restorative practices, check out our website, www.restorative.ca. If you would be interested in a consultation about restorative leadership and restorative practices, drop me an email to stan at restorative.ca. And let's keep building those connections in our workplaces for safety's sake.